Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. All right, saying... It wasn't his decision. Pete Carroll, classy as he stood at the podium, energized, saying there are waves to surf. Uh, Pete's had a house in Hawaii for some time. Very active guy. Manhattan Beach, uh, Hawaii. Uh, He's a very young, 72 years old. I don't think energy, intelligence, stamina are the questions for Pete Carroll. I think he's Somebody that could interview for the Chargers job. If Lincoln Riley left tomorrow, USC would talk to him. That's not the question. I do think there's a question that defensive coaches just do not want to confront. When Pete Carroll's telling me that Geno Smith is the answer, I don't know. Sean McVay moved off Goff. Goff's a lot better than Geno Smith. Kyle Shanahan moved off Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is better than Geno Smith. And both of those quarterbacks got to a Super Bowl. But when I hear Ron Rivera say, uh, Sam Howell, we're good at quarterback, or Pete say, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, come on, guys. The culture is changing beneath your feet. Come on, guys. That's not good enough. Pete Carroll has an NCAA championship and a Super Bowl. Who are the quarterbacks? Two elite quarterbacks. Matt Leinart as a college quarterback and Russell Wilson in his prime as an NFL quarterback. Pete's defensive philosophies, ideologies, details haven't changed. He had a lot of quarterbacks at USC. When he had Liner, those were his best teams. And he had a lot of quarterbacks in Seattle, right? But when he had Russell in his prime, he got to Super Bowls. So defensive coaches struggle with two things. Urgency at the position of quarterback. Listen, Belichick's a legend, right? Tom Brady privately will tell you he has no idea about offense. None. Now, Pete maybe knows more about offense than Bill Belichick, but I think that's that's the number one thing, is that Pete can go to a place that has an established offensive culture. But I, I, I think it's a legitimate, reasonable question about defensive coaches. I mean, when, when Mike Tomlin's telling me, Kenny Pickett's good enough, Kenny Pickett's the fifth best quarterback in that division. Burrow, Lamar, Deshaun, Flacco, Kenny Pickett. Come on. I mean, Mason Rudolph looks better than Kenny Pickett. Is he the sixth best? Come on. Uh, and when Ron Rivera, Sam Hell's good enough. Come on. So I think that's nothing against those particular quarterbacks. But that's my thing with Pete. Chargers already have a great quarterback, great young talent. Maybe that's a good fit. 
but I, I've been watching this for years. Andy Reid had Alex Smith said, not good enough. Alex Smith's a playoff quarterback. <laughs> he was a successful quarterback in San Francisco and Kansas City, both conferences. Andy Reid's like, we're going to upgrade. McVay, Goff, Shanahan, Garoppolo. And I just think offensive coaches have a higher standard of offense and the league rules now. I mean, even if you go look at the national championship, three of the four teams, Kalen DeBoer, Jim Harbaugh, Steve Sarkeesian, offensive coaches, right? Kirby Smart's a great coach. Nick Saban are a great coach. One didn't make it and one was the fourth best team in the playoff. So I just think the world's changing. And, and that's what worries me about Pete. It's not his energy. It's not his intelligence. It's not his commitment. Uh, it's not his personnel uh, decisions. That's not it. He's a good enough coach to coach somewhere else. Uh, and these defensive coaches, they see the world run the ball, control the clock, don't make any mistakes at quarterback, play good defense. Well, Seattle wasn't playing good defense. And I don't like turnovers either. But Elway, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, they turn the ball over occasionally, but they make up for it in 14 possessions, 15 possessions with great elevated quarterback play. So that's my concern with Pete. Everything else, uh, he, he's, he checks a lot of boxes. What's next for the Seahawks? I would look at Jim Harbaugh and Shane Waldron. I'd look at Ben Johnson. I think Dan Quinn's a lateral move. Dan Quinn's success in Atlanta was tied to a great offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Before it and after it, never great. Got Kyle, great. Almost won a Super Bowl. Maybe should have won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, even Belichick, when he lost Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady, Dante Skarnecki, offensive line coach, the greatest coach ever, just didn't have the aptitude offensively to turn things around. Mac Jones got worse over time, not better. Do you think if Mac Jones was given McVay, he would have gotten significantly worse over time? I don't. Jared Goff got better over time. Then they moved on. Matt Stafford came in. He's gotten better over time. Uh, Brock Purdy, you think it would work if he had a defensive coach? Do you think Kyle Shanahan has a connection? Why is Jared Goff playing so well? Ben Johnson. Why was Matt Ryan an MVP? Kyle Shanahan. So I've been on this now for two to three years. It's not that the defensive coaches lack certain skills, abilities, and talent. That's not it. The league is changing right below their feet. And so Seattle kind of felt like Pete, if you're locked in on Geno and Drew Locke, that's that's not going to work for us. So I, I think Seattle is one of the few teams in the NFL that has the personnel and draft picks to you know move from their draft position into the top 10. I can see them going after Bo Nix or Michael Penix around 10 to 12 if they're available. Seattle doesn't have a lot of needs. They have a left tackle. They have multiple weapons. They have pass rushers, good corners, um, nice running backs, active linebackers. Could maybe use another safety, maybe. Seattle doesn't have needs. Quarterback is their need, and now a coach, preferably offensive. Dan Quinn feels like somebody that Pete Carroll recommended, <laughs> right? And that's okay. Pete and Dan are close, and Pete and Dan are both really, really good defensive minds. But I think this year when you watch Seattle, their defense slipped, their offensive line was not as good as it should have been. And if I look at the Rams and I look at the Seahawks, this is a rebuilding year for the Rams. This was not a rebuilding year for the Seahawks. They were in the playoffs last year and had another great draft. Can't let the Rams beat you twice. Rams can't make it, and you can't miss. Can't be that way. You got the better roster. You had the momentum. So I think it's uh, we, we just have to be honest. This this division, the NFC West, is going to run through Shanahan and McVay for the foreseeable future. And if Brock Purdy's as good as I think he is, and I think he's good, and Matt Stafford's really good, and then Kyler Murray's terrific, Seattle's got to upgrade at quarterback. Forget the NFC. Forget the NFL. The division. McVay. Shanahan, Tyler Murray, 
Seattle has to upgrade at the most important position. Maybe, maybe Pete didn't want to, but I would, I would put a Geno Smith draft pick package, maybe another player, and I'd move up five or six spots, seven or eight, nine or ten spots, and go get a quarterback. That's what I would do. So I think Pete is going to coach again. I think Pete wants to coach again. I think you know he's he's not an assistant. He he's not an advisor. That's not who he is. But who knows? Bob Stoops retired at Oklahoma early. I I didn't understand it. Uh, Chris Peterson wanted out. But if you listen to Pete Carroll today, he sounds like he wants to coach. I mean, he was selling at the podium. He was selling. My energy's great. My optimism. Let's go ride some waves. I can't wait. I'm very excited. That press conference was not only classy by Pete, but he was sending messages to all the GMs. And maybe all the athletic directors in college. He was sending messages. You go to the podium. Tom Brady used to do a radio hit every Monday in Boston radio. Was he doing it because he needed the money? He would send the message for the week, right? What What's the message for the week for the organization? So Pete smartly steps to the podium and he wanted to sell energy. I'm not done. I feel great. I'm not tired. I got a bright future. I'm a young 72-year-old guy. That was the messaging. And I think Pete deserves interviews. Um, if I was the Chargers, I would hire Harbaugh first, Vrabel second, but I'd interview Pete. I don't want another assistant, but I'd interview Pete. Hell, Michigan, Pete want to coach college again. <laughs> I mean, Lincoln Riley in two years wants out. I mean, a 72-year-old today is not a 72-year-old 25 years ago. Pete exercises, Pete moves, Pete eats better. You know, it's just a different world. It's a, it's a, it's a different world. Uh, I just turned 60 years old. I, I weigh, I, same weight. I weighed in high school and college, lower body fat. I work out more. I eat much better. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't recover as quickly from a cocktail, but I feel pretty good. There you go. Instant reaction. I'd go offense, Shane Waldron, Ben Johnson in Seattle. That's not a rebuild roster. They're ready to win a lot of games now. Pete Carroll, good luck. You've earned it. Speaking of 72-year-olds, Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, is officially retiring. It just happened. Um, little bit surprised, although years ago, uh, Nick Saban, and I think he told his agent, Jimmy Sexton, he said, I don't, I don't want to be Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden. I don't want people dragging me out of here. I'm going to know. I am going to know when it's time. And um, I think he knows it's time. I'll also tell you this. I have a theory on why he's retiring now, and I think you're going to find that he has quietly and privately negotiated a huge TV contract with somebody, and you'll know that very quickly. You will know that very quickly. That's my guess. I'm not going to tell you why, but uh, there could be a network that feels they have a, a need for a big, important personality. And uh, I think he's going to go the TV route and make lots and lots of money, sign a very, very big contract. So Nick is the greatest college football coach of all time. One of the things I appreciate about Nick Saban is his ability to adapt, unlike a lot of defensive coaches. I mean, it was uh, Doug Nussmeyer and, and, and Jim McElwain and Lane Kiffin and Sark and Bill O'Brien. He had to run through offensive coach after offensive coach, and he didn't miss. I mean, he really hit a lot of hires out of the park. And most defensive coaches, they miss on those coordinators regularly. So 
Nick nailed it. Nick was willing to evolve. I think Lane Kiffin deserves credit for that. Brought him in and, you know, would confront Nick. Like, Nick, the world's changing. I can score on your defense at practice. Um, I also think college football is a young man's game. Jay Wright, Shashevsky, Roy Williams, now Nick Saban. The transfer portal is a pain in the butt. It's year-round recruiting. Um, it's really ruined it for coaches of stature and age. It's just not any fun. You don't have a life. You get maybe two weeks off a year. NFL coaches get like five to six weeks off a year. So the college game is a young man's game. It's a Lane Kiffin world. It's a Sark world, Kalen DeBoer world. You, you get into the 60s and 70s, it's exhausting. Um, and the transfer portal, the NIL, and I think probably a TV network walked up to Nick Saban and said, we're going to pay you 10 million bucks a year. Get over here. That's my guess. And you'll hear about it fairly soon. I think Nick will be great on TV. But um, I think he's the greatest college football coach of all time. His ability to adapt, his ability to dominate the toughest conference in the SEC. Uh, Bama will be fine personnel-wise, but there'll be no more Nicks. Bear Bryant, Nick Saban, there's a lot of average coaches in between. And it's a very, very tough job. Um, you know, whoever's going to line up, there'll, there'll be a lot of people lining up. A lot of people think Dabo Sweeney at Clemson is going to take the job. Dabo would be my choice if he was willing to leave Clemson. Not sure he would. Terrific coach. It's not a rebuild. But I I do think the the transfer portal uh, and the offer from a TV network are the deciding factors. You just don't know about the offer yet from the TV network. Uh, I can guarantee you this is not just Nick didn't wake up and have a, a, a side of eggs and, a, and a, a piece of burnt toast this morning and said, you know, I just got to. I just got to retire. Nick's been thinking. Nick plans everything. Nick strategizes everything. Nick Saban has been thinking about this for a while. And he sees young Lane Kiffin, and here comes Sark, and here comes Brent Venables. And he, you know, he starts looking around this conference at some of these young guys and Lane Kiffin. And he's like, come on, man. I'm in my 70s. Do I want to be on the road recruiting constantly? All this transfer portal nonsense where I have to recruit my own kids as much as high school kids? No, thanks. I'm out. So um, congrats to Nick Saban, greatest college football coach of all time. The volume. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.